Hey, what's going on, champs? I'm Aaron Deliosa. Welcome to an Immigrant's Life podcast. My podcast about immigrants, immigration, and everything in between. You know what we do here. Another week, another amazing life story of an amazing immigrant. Thank you for joining me every week. For the ones that haven't subscribed or followed yet, please go ahead and do so. And for the ones that are new here, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, at An Immigrant's Life. You can listen to the podcast through YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. That takes care of the business. Now, let's talk about the episode. A friend once told me, we always take care of other people, but then we forget to take care of ourselves. And I know personally that taking care of oneself is one of the hardest things to do because some cultures look at it as a selfish act. And that's our today's guest realized and took action upon, that taking care of herself allowed her to heal her traumas, thus allowed her to have more love in her heart. Champs, this episode is like a therapy session. We went dark, we went deep, and in the end, we found light. And I hope you'll feel the same. So, without further ado, let's get into the show. Isa, dalawa, tatlo. Today's guest is a pocket full of sunshine. She's a globetrotter and an adventurer and a podcaster. Everyone, please welcome Nyung Nguyen. Thank you so much, Aaron. I am so excited and grateful that you have actually reached out. And yeah, I've got me on the show. Like this is my first time being on someone's show, you know, like I've been the interviewer, but I've never been, you know, someone that's been interviewed before or, you know, been a mm. guest on a show. So thank you so much. Mm, you're welcome. And thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate it. And also, would you like to introduce yourself or promote anything? Yeah, so um, like you mentioned to the listeners, I have also started a podcast. Um, that's one thing that me and Erin have in common. Uh, we both lo- love telling stories and obviously uh, meeting people, you know, so and sharing their stories. So um, if you guys uh, would love to have a virtual traveling experience, then please visit Limitless Callings. Um, it's on Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts as well now. Uh, yeah, to get a bit of like fun and banter, you know, uh, from Australia. So we love to have a little bit of like shit talk and giggle, <laughs> shit and giggles. And um, yeah, share stories where it's, you know, good for the mind, body and soul. And yeah, share some inspiration. So head on over to Limitless Callings. And I'm also on Instagram as well. You can find me on there. Yeah, we'd we'll love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love your podcast. Like I said, be offline, I'm, I'm a fan. I know. Thank you so much. And you know, like it's it's so funny because um the reason um why I did the podcast or you know launch one was uh kind of part of my healing, you know. I think we spoke about offline, like um a lot of 2020 has been a very transformative and healing year for let's say a lot of people. Um I can't speak for everybody, but for myself, um yeah, I think it was just step to kind of like step away from some of the limiting beliefs I had about myself, Mm. uh, you know, that were kind of like restricting me from, let's say, achieving things or um, 
feeling comfortable or feeling enough, you know. So uh, it was more for fun, but I, I love the process and stuff was not. And like yourself, you know, your congratulations on ranking 104th of the day. Oh, thank you. You know, all that hard work and consistency. That's amazing, you know. It, it's so fulfilling. Yeah. Hmm, thank you. I mean, I look at it as a not myself. It's more of like a community. Yes. Because people are sharing and listening and liking all the stuff. That's how I look at it. I try not to focus it on myself. Obviously, also my wife for supporting me and my kids, you know. But yeah. I appreciate that. No, and it's so inspirational for me, you know. I'm like, oh, my God, he's doing it. You know, look at him. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it's, it's so nice, though. And, uh, yeah, so I, I guess, like, um just going back to you know why you reached out and stuff uh to me it's because uh um what we kind of relate on was that well my parents are immigrants or uh, and who moved to Australia so my dad um moved to Australia just a little bit after the war um because you know the was a communist government and obviously it was very like you know kind of like hard lifestyle for him back at home so mm. You know, my dad was just like, you know what, I've got to do this for my future kids and whatnot. So he got himself, um, he traveled by boat. Over... Wait, what do you mean boat? So, um, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, like he, he kind of paid money to get on this boat. What it's kind of boat like, are we talking about here? Like immigration, like, you know, like, yeah, it's something like sort of, it wasn't like anything um luxurious or anything like that you know so it's it wasn't a big like ship. Going... yes a ship okay, or something okay, like okay. that um so from the stories he told me it was very traumatic in the sense that because it, it was such a risky kind of process you know to um move everything away you know he sold everything he got scammed a few times as well he'd be like oh you know uh you pay me this amount and meet this time you know this day and we'll you know help you escape so he got scammed a couple of times and my dad said it took him 10 years to actually get <laughs> to be successful at it, you know. So he's a man. Ten years of being scammed and everything like that. So for him, that was just his main goal, you know. Like um, he saw a better future outside of Vietnam, which which he chose Australia. And I'm so grateful that my dad, you know, went on this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what really happened was, you know, uh, you get pirates, you know, on this trip, you know, and they come on board and they were very abusive to the people. They mm-hmm. raped, you know, there was rape and stuff as well involved. Um, so he saw a lot of things, you know, like it was difficult. And when he got to Australia, of course, you know, with that mentality, like, oh, man, I finally arrived at this, you know, beautiful land with opportunity and with, uh, you know, simple things like having a roof of your head, having the opportunity to work and make money. And security was very, um, very highly regarded for him. And it was special for him. So I do understand why, you know, growing up, he was a bit more, like, say, um, stingy with his money or you know, just like <laughs> <laughs> typical Asian, you know. <laughs> but, it, like, he went through a tough time. And um, hmm. for my mom, it was different. Like, she already had her sister in Australia. And then um, she got supported over when uh, her sister was just like, you know what, I'll support you and, the, my grandparents over so she was luckier hmm. and um yeah I, I guess like they met during English school and hmm. um fell in love you know? um so they had me my mom had me at 22 my dad is 10 years older I believe yeah baller man <laughs> that's awesome yeah so- and um yeah so I think like it was different like during that time because um the Vietnamese community was still kind of like developing um in Adelaide where I'm from you know like they started like working 
there's like different pockets where there's like more Vietnamese culture and you know Aussie culture and you get people um working on the farms and whatnot and um yeah like from my experience obviously I'm so lucky to have um to be bilingual because you know I'm growing up my parents didn't want and my grandparents didn't want us to lose our mother tongue. So mm-hmm. every Saturday we would go to Saturday school, um, which I hated it. You know, me and my brother were like, you know, what's the point of this? All my Aussie friends didn't have to go to school six days a week, you know. Like, why do we have to have extra study? Um, so, yeah, like, you know, you, you used to hate it, you know, back then, but I'm so appreciative now because I can actually communicate very fluently in Vietnamese. And mm-hmm. when I went back to Vietnam, you know, obviously mm-hmm. no one thinks I'm Vietnamese. I don't look Vietnamese. Nope. So but I can I can navigate my way around, you know. And um, so it was, yeah, really good in that sense. And we learned a lot about the culture and whatnot. And, you know, I, I never really wanted to visit Vietnam growing up because, <laughs> well, Every time when we didn't finish our food or, like, you know, we were naughty, my mum would threaten us, me and my brother, and be like, oh, if you don't eat all your food, I'm going to take you to Vietnam so you can see all the starving kids <laughs> and, like, all the poverty, you know. And that was, like, negative reinforcement. I'm just like, I don't want to go to this place. I don't care. But um, back in 2017, I decided to go back with my best friend. And I was like, I am glad that I did, you know, like mm. just to kind of uh, get a, a sense of what where my parents came from. You know, mm-hmm. obviously I went with my best friend, but it was still a very authentic experience mm-hmm. overall. That's um, awesome. Let me just yeah. uh, say something about that. Like you say, your par- your mom saying, I'm going to bring you to Vietnam. Mm. I did that to my kids. <laughs> I said to them, like, if you don't do this, I'm going to send you to the Philippines. You're going to starve there, this and that, you know. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and two years ago, we went actually to visit and they yeah. absolutely love it. So, yes. so they, I can't use that anymore. Because if you I say I'm just sending you to the Philippines, they'll be like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm living there. Yeah, exactly. Right. But the Philippines, I, I got to say, it's so beautiful. Um, I've been there a couple of years ago and I loved it. I did island hopping and stuff as well. Um, but yeah, it's just funny, you know, like growing up, you get all these threats and stuff from your parents and you're just like, oh my God, <laughs> come on, it doesn't work anymore. Did you get beat? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like, if we didn't sleep, she would literally come in with like a fly swatter. <laughs> yeah, we'll get whooped with the ass. Right? We got so, the typical Asian treatment, yeah. Did your dad beat you too? Uh, no, not as much. He was more like yelling and stuff. And he made us like, you know, kneel. We had to kneel against the wall for quite some time and, you know, get a little smack. What do you mean kneel against the wall? How does it work? Like you just have to kneel with your arms crossed for like as like, long as possible, like until they say you can stop. Because kneeling <laughs> is all the knees, okay? <laughs> Sorry. I, but how, for me, it was you kneel on a, uh, salt or beans. What? That's <laughs> painful. You know, yeah. um. My parents were telling me that when they were growing up, their punishment was kneeling on durian shell. Do you know the fruit durian? Oh, yeah. The stinky fruit. Yeah. That, I was like, thank God. <laughs> they yeah. do that. Yeah, but it, it, it's different now, I would say. I'm so glad that, you know, obviously um, <laughs> uh, punishment isn't that bad. But, uh, yeah, I did, did get a little, I get a lot of, like, smack in the bum quite a bit. <laughs> <It's not> that <laughs> bad, <you know? laughs> ah, that's a layup, man. I'll take that any time. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> But uh, yeah, just going back to that, yeah, obviously, um, yeah, what we spoke about offline is like um, yeah, learning to integrate two cultures together it was kind of different, you know, because I, I still went to English school, but a lot of the 
community, um, people in my community were also Vietnamese, like Vietnamese kids. So mm. even if I went to Vietnam uh, English school, I would end up speaking Vietnamese at school. <laughs> you know? And then the teachers would be like, "Why, are you, like you, we, you can't speak Vietnamese at school? We are English school." And it was a little bit confusing because we're just like we felt more comfortable, you know. And then, yeah. um, the transition happened when um. My parents divorced. Uh, I think mm. we spoke about, about this. Um, so because of the divorce, my mom kind of like moved us to a different area, which was more like um, Australian uh, oriented. Sorry, let's say there was more Aussie people, uh, white Aus- Australians in that community. So I it wasn't from, planned. Uh, um, it wasn't planned. I say, well, obviously. I didn't see the divorce happening and stuff like like you know being someone at 12 years old and being very young you know and uh it would took a big toll on me and my brother mm. so um leaving school it was difficult because you know obviously you you don't you can't comprehend it like none of your friends no one you know you know were going through the same thing and um mm. in the Vietnamese culture people talk you know I, I think you know you know Asians we love to compare <laughs> each other we love to talk and gossip so um it, it for me emotionally it was very shameful so you know even if i mm. moved schools you know i had to s- start some like in year six you know it was just like new friends and um i was like the only vietnamese kid in my grade it was hardly any asians um at that school mm. it was like me integrating and then changing you know suddenly a bit of a cultural shock i have to like you know be away from my friends you know and emotionally I was going through something and whatnot and um yeah it was difficult you know but um in a way, it's like a blessing disguise. I got immersed into like more of a confident, you know, mindset. You know, um, uh, I find that when I mingled more with the Aussie kids and stuff, you know, they have more of like into individualistic kind of mindset. You know, so mm-hmm. it's just like a little bit more confidence. And then um, went to high school as well, so I like still, you know, built more confidence from that. You know, mingling more with the Aussie culture, and then um, yeah, university happened. So you know, it was just like concert party you know we love the pop calls and it was really fun you know um in australia in my my home city and um yeah like i think what happened was um you know it's gonna maybe get a little bit deep and stuff right now you know? that's good um but um yeah so like, throughout the whole childhood you know, with the whole divorce and stuff like i didn't realize how detrimental it became you know um it was very Hard on me and my brother, you know, because we dealt with things very differently. Like I mm. was more of an extrovert. So having so much anger and resentment to what happened because my mum and I didn't see eye to eye, you know, when you, when things, all of that happened, you know, you, you're only one-sided. So for mm. me and my mum, we had a very tumultuous relation, you know. I we were always fighting and I didn't get along with my stepdad. And a lot of, I was always angry, you know. Like you think about a Furby, right? You know, And then when it... That movie in the Furby where it triggers gets triggered by water, right? It turns to a gremlin. Like, I was pretty much like that. Like it keeps all together, but it was just hard, you know. You and just my keep brother, it balling it inside. Yeah, pushing yeah. it down. Pretty much. So I was very competitive in terms of like sports. I did taekwondo. You know, I was very competitive. Um, sprinting. I was. I got into Muay Thai. You know, because it was a form of like release for me. But the thing mm. is, like I kind of built like this exterior, you know, over time to just protect myself um, in a way because I was scared, you know, to kind of like let myself be vulnerable and show you like deeper layers of who I am because what scarred me from when I was little was, you know, you get judged, you know, for crying or talking about, you know, having a broken family. Mm. So it was, yeah, 
it just stuck in my mind. It was a, an old limiting mindset, basically. Let, can you give an example? Um, well, the, uh, the thing that I remembered was uh, I had a best friend. And when this whole divorce and everything happened, um, another friend of mine was like to me that, uh, you know, that so-and-so's parents um, doesn't want her to hang out with you anymore because your family is broken. So for me, you know, it really like torn me apart. I'm just like, no, I probably can't even tell anybody. So when I moved schools, I never spoke about this to any of my new friends, you know, in high school and stuff as well, because I was just like, what's the point? You know, like I might be a judge or people might not even want to be my friend, you know, I might seem like a loser. <laughs> so it was just a very stupid mindset, you know. Um, but then as I got older, you know, with all the drinking and partying, you know, like a lot of like the boiled up emotions, you know, came out really ugly really really bad and I just didn't understand why it was more like a uh I thought I was just you know drunk you know <laughs> there's no problem <laughs> <laughs> I'm you in know, denial like, everything I'm oh denial. I punch you in the face no don't worry about it I was no. just mad at you you know <laughs> it's the alcohol <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah it was just like an interesting transition and then um by 24 you know I like went on a trip um I I, I would I used to describe it as like a quarter life crisis, but mm. not anymore. I see it as more like a transformation, you know, uh, different stages of life. You kind of transform all your different mindsets and stuff. Mm. So I felt really um, stuck in my home city. I felt mm. really unhappy. Why? Um, because I don't know. I just felt like I needed to leave. Like um, before that, I was in Hawaii with my best friend, you know, and then we, that's the first you know, life-changing moments for us where we didn't plan anything on this trip. We decided to go with the flow. And I met so many inspirational, let's say, um, entrepreneurs and people that, um, you know, was just inspiring. And what really mm. got me was just like, why am I so restricted in just my home city? You know, I feel mm. like there's so much more to life. And um, so what happened was I, the original plan was to move to Hawaii, but then mm. obviously in two weeks' time, I couldn't find a job in just being there or find a Hawaiian husband. So you know, <laughs> I don't think that'll be a problem with you. Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, my friend was in Toronto and he's just like, yeah, you're under 30. It's a lot easier for you to apply for the, the Canadian visa. So I'm just like, mm. you know what? Um, I'm going to. Google's map, how far Hawaii is from Vancouver, four hours, perfect. Okay, I'm getting closer. <laughs> so um, I got accepted for the visa. Then um, work happened and then I got paid up for my job. I decided to take a six-month trip around Asia backpacking by myself because mm. I was just like, you know what, like um, if I'm going to move abroad, because there's always been like you know, my plan to, I've got to try this trip out you know see to test my independence to kind of just heal you know like I like I said you know back at home I was very I had a really limited mindset you know I had to be mm -hmm. a certain way I had to live by society I had to be some like somebody to protect myself and what I discovered from this backpacking trip was that it kind of helped me drop my walls that I was holding up you know to protect myself in the sense mm -hmm. that you know when you're backpacking I didn't you don't plan things sometimes. Things just happen out of your control. You can't control everything. Mm. Uh, you meet people and, you know, first instant, obviously, you got you become friends with them, you know, and you can say whatever, you can do whatever. And what I did was I really opened up to people, you know, that I just mm. met and that they resonated with me on a very deep level. And I was like, wow, 
this felt really good and really nice to actually feel like I'm not being judged you know, and like mm-hmm. I'm not scared of just to be myself um even though I've just met all these people and you know with some people I'm, I've met on this trip have become like really good friends you know mm-hmm. and um that was a lesson for me to be like you know stop being so hard on yourself you know like it's okay and I learned to kind of be okay by being alone because you know we've gone through all that you know I guess trauma and stuff like growing up um Every day after work, I'll be like, you know, calling on a friend. Let's go out to eat. Weekends, I live for the weekends. I'll go partying every week. And um, getting smashed? Yes. You know how it is. Like Australian culture. Come on. (laughs) We drink to everything. Um, And then, yeah, it became escapism. You know, you you don't deal with things. I relied on escapism. And for me, I didn't think that was a problem. I'm just like living my life. And um, with the backpacking trip, it helped me kind of, readjust and I started journaling um, while I was traveling so kind of like recognizing some of the things that um, were bothering me you know the kind of like you know slowly chipping away at it and um, I don't know if I did mention to you like uh, throughout you know the whole trip and that you know uh, transition from high school to university I made a hard decision to just stop talking to my mom because things mm. were just so toxic. One minute were you living yeah. with her then? Mm, I think I lived with her until like maybe um, my third year of my bachelor's degree. Uh, but I got kicked out of home, like to say back and forth like four times because that's how bad it was. You know, like we just did not see the eye eye. And mm. it was just so much anger and resentment. And um, I yeah. made a decision to be like, you know what, I need to just cut her out. I just can't deal with this negative energy. So, yeah, during the backpacking trip, it really helped me kind of you know, um, rethink about things. I was like, you know what, after this trip, I'm going to go home and then I'm going to move again. You know, who knows when I'm going to be home, you know, and mm. uh, what kind of helped me figure it out. It's like, you know, if things, something did happen, obviously I'm so mad in the moment still, like I wouldn't maybe regret it in the future. So that was like, you know, a trip where it helped me kind of reconsider, you know, opening up that, you know, uh, relationship again, you know, with my mum. And uh, it was good in that sense that I came home and before I left, I reached out and be like, you know, uh, let's try to, you know, uh, mend things, you know, just start in the process. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so it, for me, it was so uh, such a special experience and it was needed because, you know, I started a little bit of my healing then, you know. Hmm. Was it suggested to you to travel? Like, did someone go to you like, hey, yo, let's go travel? Or it was just you? I just wanted to do myself because hmm. like I... I've always been very competitive, um, you know, and very, uh, what's it called? It's a weird, like, it's such a weird feeling and it's maybe kind of bad. Like, everything, every time I'm, if I want to do something, I have to do it or do it myself because I hate people holding me back. Hmm. So, the thing is, like, if I really get along with someone. That's from like, your I'm, mom. <laughs> no, and, but you know what I really realized is that um, this kind of mentality or mindset was because I really hated who my mom was. You know, mm. I use that as well. Like, you know, you're so weak emotionally. You're so weak physically. You need a man all the time to mm. rely on. So I built up this kind of like independent, you know, um, hard exterior to be everything that she's not. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I'm just like, I don't mind doing things alone. I don't mind like getting you know, and doing these things alone. But in a way, like, you know, I, I got to learn. So it's okay to receive things as well from people because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't just always do things alone, you know? Yeah. You need, um, you need family. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, 
I think that's why I'm just like, you know, I got a test for independence. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this, you know, for myself um, uh, as a means to kind of satisfy my ego, maybe, <laughs> just like to prove mm-hmm. that I can do anything. Um, but yeah, and then after the trip, I went home. We reached out to each other. And then I moved to Vancouver. Obviously, suddenly, you know, moving to Vancouver, there was like, you know, routine and um, a full time job again. I felt a bit, a little bit homesick because I was just like, man, I actually am coming back uh, into stability again. And um, hmm. by that time, I still haven't dealt with a lot of internal feelings. Like, you know, the, it was generally like the top layer chipping away when I was traveling Asia. Mm-hmm. But then I was still partying a lot when I got here just to like make new friends and um, obviously be, you know, be social. And um, a lot of like the things was like um, – insecurities started resurfing a lot you know resurfacing a lot and that's uh, drama yeah yeah that's (laughs) the thing like I still haven't figured it out I'm just like you know um I would kind of have flings with like guys and stuff but nothing really worked out always and I just I didn't realize it because I didn't love myself enough you know to (laughs) yeah it was insane I was just like really I don't know, it was such a strange time, 2019. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like we were speaking offline, it was just like 2020 was very special in the sense that even though globally it's, you know, a tough time for everybody. But mm-hmm. internally I really healed, like, you know, like on a full scale, like internally and on a deep level, you know, and I'm really happy with who I am now that mm-hmm. I can say I'm really happy who I'm becoming, who I am. And uh, I'm not scared about it anymore, you know. And um, it was nervous because, you know, my last episode was about myself, you know, really exposing who Nyung really is. And mm-hmm. for me, it took me literally like a whole month to release it because, you know, what, or write about it because I, I get so nervous, you know, I'm not used to it, you know. But um. Yeah, like I said, you know, it's it's something like, you know, I, I need to get over. I need to be okay with because at the end of the day, I'm living with myself for the rest of my life. And it's fine, you know. And, um, yeah, so I literally after 2019, you know, like with all those um, low self-esteem and like, you know, still limiting mindset, I was like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I started meditating every single day. And mm. that has been so helpful in terms of like calming down my uh, overthinking. I overthink mm. so much, you know, <laughs> and uh, it, it's insane. Yeah. And journaling as well. I started journaling, um, writing you know, affirmations to kind of reprogram a lot of like the thought process about myself hmm. and um yeah that's why it's it's been so healing in the sense that I can say that I like who I am now I'm hmm. really like who I'm becoming and whatever I think of myself matters most compared to what other people would think about me hmm. still working on that but you know obviously <laughs> yeah you, you say it but subconsciously you know it's still a little bit there yeah yeah I mean you were programmed that way you can't you know you can't just erase it yeah know? yeah so what was happening with your brother though when you were you left your mom's house? Um, he came with me, so we Ooh. moved to my dad's for a bit, and then I moved out for a little bit with friends. And um, uh, I think it was a good move for him as well. At first, he couldn't do it because he was very um, you just didn't feel comfortable. But after that, he became better. He started healing, you know. So mm. the thing is, like my brother is um, also gay so it was hard you know my mum and my stepdad didn't really accept it at first but my your dad like he, your he... stepdad sorry for cutting you off. your stepdad was he Vietnamese too 
Yes, yes, okay. yeah. So it was hard, you know, uh, for my brother because to go deal with the divorce and then and having, you know, fights and stuff at home and then dealing with his own sexuality and stuff like that. So it was very hard on him. And um, uh, I guess, you know, I wish I could have been strong enough to be mm. a better support, my better sister, but I was also going through my own way and yeah. dealing with things differently. And he was more introverted. So for him, like, you know, um, he's a lot more emotionally and mentally stronger than me because he used to just feel the feelings mm. and release it. Rather for me, I was better at hiding under the rug to and distracting myself, you know what I mean? So, under the rug or under the alcohol? Under alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> the invisible rug, you know, yeah. So um, it for him, like, we just spoke about it, like, a couple of weeks ago. He's like, yeah, like, you had no idea that like, I never wanted to expose a lot of the things I went through because you couldn't even deal with your own problems. Mm. You know, you were very angry. You were very reactive. But I always sat up with her. I always cried and, you know, felt it and then let it go. But you didn't, you know, and I just didn't want to bother you with that. So, I, yeah, I was like, oh, well, I'm glad I'm, I did the work in 2020. <laughs> I finally got out of it. But, um, no, um, he's he's okay with my mom and stuff now as well. Like, you know, like I said, 2020, I really mended the relation with my mom. Um, I can really reach out and speak to her and feel a lot better as well. Uh, we have a better relation. Um, I can say that, you know, I love her and stuff again. You know, it's it's been a long journey, but I feel like forgiveness has been um, very therapeutic mm. and healing for me. And, yeah, as for my dad as well, it's really strange. Like, um, you know, obviously you don't talk about boys with your dad. You, you have kids, right? Does your, How old are your kids? Uh, one's high school, one's uh, grade school. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you don't talk to your dad about boys, boy problems or like stress problems or stuff like that. So uh, 2020, I was able to talk to my dad about these things. And um, are you into like self-development books or like, you know, spirituality and anything like that? I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm a very like, don't worry about me. I can deal it with myself kind of guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will. Sorry. I mean, I will listen to like, you know, inspiring people or like people that has achieved things but i'm mm. not big on those like hey stay positive and be happy oh dude, yeah I, yeah, I, yeah. Don't... I know what you mean like you have to feel these things you know and that's the thing like um i grew up with that mentality like nothing's wrong you know like, <laughs> i don't want to talk about it you know like i just party but now i'm what just like, talking no, about i just punch a hole in the wall that's nothing yeah. don't worry about it i'm just going to kick somebody at muay thai and it's fine you know <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was it wasn't helpful but um I read the book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tully. So mm. it's about the concept of the book is to like learn how to focus to be in the now, you know, like, you know, life, whatever you can control is in the moment rather mm. than creating an illusion about the future, which creates such stress and anxiety, you know, and that's what I did a lot because I was living in, you know, I felt like, you know, the society really conditions you to really think far ahead, you know, in terms of material wealth, um, in terms of like what is successful, what you'd need. Mm -hmm. uh, and it creates stress and anxiety, you know. And um, I was always very ambitious and stuff. And like, I should be here. I should be here and there by 30. I should have all these things. But then backpacking taught me that, no, it's not. You know, like, I really enjoyed living in that moment and mm -hmm. enjoying a beautiful sunrise that I hike up to at 5 in the morning in Sri Lanka or just not planning things, you know, like being there. So, yeah, I was explaining this concept to my dad. And he's just like, everything that he gave me that advice i'm just like why did i even bother buying <laughs> anything booked you know and waste money when i should just really have opened up to my dad and the mm. thing is like you forget 
how much they've experienced as well. You know, mm. like they've been through all these trials and all of these um, tribulations as well to mm-hmm. actually understand things and pass it on. And it, it was so relieving for me because he was also expressing how proud he is of me as well. And, mm. you know, obviously ha- being the, the black sheep out of the friends, um, no one decided to pack up and go to a different country or go backpacking, you know, because, you know, that for parents, they'll be like, that's stupid. You know, you're <laughs> wasting your money. So, yeah. They're like, yeah. finding yourself, you're here. That's yeah. yourself. What are you doing? <laughs> It's like, why are you fighting yourself? You should find a husband. <laughs> you know, where's my grandkids? So, um, yeah, like he finally expressed how proud he is of me, you know, mm. in terms of like whatever I want to do and choose, he 100 supports me. So, but 2020 has been so special in that sense, you know, in um, I'm able to have that relation, you know, and um, kind of like support from my parents you know, to actually hear it. Mm. And yeah, like I, I miss them to bits and they, can't wait till I go home one day but I think for now obviously um, I'm choosing to live in Vancouver mm-hmm. um, yeah it's just really fun you know and I started talking about you know some of the boy problems I had in the past as well and he was like you know stress you know he's like it, it, his advice was like if things are meant to be you know if it's someone that's meant to be with you they will come to you you know mm-hmm. and if someone's not supposed to be with you it doesn't matter how hard you try chasing after them they'll always leave you Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I was just like, Dad, like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I needed this 10 years ago, Dad. I know, I needed this advice, you know, like years ago. But um, yeah, I can say that it's been such an interesting journey for me in terms of um, personal growth in 2020. Mm. Um, and yeah, just throughout my, my early 20s, I think it's been interesting you know every single year has been a new lesson or kind of like an upgrade in terms of my mindset or um kind of like getting myself to a state where i'm just like healing you know Mm. what i mean yeah that's awesome i like uh, let me revert back to something that you mentioned that oh yeah for sure your your dad and your mom they were going through things too right because a friend told me that when you when the parents immigrate and you as well or you were born in Australia, they're growing up too yes. in that country. Yeah, they're adults, but they're actually learning things. They're, if you're an immigrant, you have immigrated, you become somehow a child. Yeah. So while they're learning and, you know, quote-unquote growing up, they have to be a parent to you too. So yeah. it's a very complicated dichotomy of family and growing yeah. up, you know. You know what? That's so interesting. I've never thought of it like that as well. Because honestly, you're absolutely right. They're immersing in a whole different culture, coming here with no sense of, you know, oh, there's a language barrier, mm-hmm. um, learning how to adapt, you know, within, a, I guess, a society where you're just like, where do I start? Where can I find work? Mm-hmm. And then like, I was just saying to my friends the other day, like my mom had me at 21. I was partying at 21. I was still a kid. I still feel like a kid now. Like, how can you raise a family at that age, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, it's it's insane. Like, you haven't experienced much of life. You haven't experienced, let's say, like, for example, learning how to be mentally okay, you know, or emotionally okay. Like, I feel like once you're at that state or, you know, learning those things, then you can actually prepare yourself for that. Mm-hmm. So, no, you're absolutely right, you know, and um, having that transition, I think, and maybe they didn't have the luxuries, I would say. Like, I don't know if you can relate to this as well, to um, 
be able to express more of your emotions or um, mental health topics because there is a stigma <laughs> in Asian culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nope, that's not gonna happen. Oh, what? You're sad? Watch a funny movie. Yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> you know, like what is sadness? What is anxiety? What is depression? It doesn't really um, exist. You know, in like. Vietnamese or Asian culture, because you know, if you're considered sad, you're mentally unstable. You should be in the shrink. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's it's a very interesting concept, and um, I think I feel a bit more blessed, like having lived in this time and age, because we're able to express these emotions and feelings. And mm. um, recently, I'm able to even try to explain these concepts to my dad, and he's very open minded to it. Because um, you know, with my brother what he went through back then he's like you know you have to go through depression and everything like that and go counseling because of dealing with everything um i had to kind of speak to my dad about it you know and try my best to um like vocalize you know what some of these terms were and yeah like he's so open-minded to it and i'm, I'm really happy you know and lucky to have a dad like that yeah mm, yeah that's for sure speaking mm -hmm. of uh psychologists did you try to go therapy Hmm. So um, I think when things got really bad and I got kicked out, let's say, like the last time from my mom's house, like I had to go to a few sessions um, just to kind of like talk to somebody with hmm. my brother. And then uh, the thing is that like, it was really helpful because she helped me kind of like um, change my perspective on in terms of uh, having a very fixed mindset. You know, I was very angry. I was very like entitled. I was like, why? can't my mom just get this you know like mm. why is she such a bad person and from let's say about two sessions that I went to like, like the therapist was just like um have you ever thought about you know you are your own person let's say you have your own values and you have your own priorities everybody has that kind of moral compass you know that is separate that separates them from everybody else mm. and let's say whatever you think is right could be completely different to what your mom thinks Mm -hmm. So by changing my perspective and allowing me to understand that, that kind of helped me um, kind of navigate a bit more away from the anger. You know, like, oh, crap, okay. And then, um, yeah, what I did last year, 2020, because I have all this time to heal, you know, and, you know, really reflect deeply, I did hypnotherapy as well. Mm. So it's a transformation, um, uh, rapid transformation therapy. And what it was it's like hypnotherapy, but it's not, you know, you're still in the state of consciousness under this. Um, the therapist kind of helped me delve deeply into three stages of my life that were traumatic mm. and which I thought I've already let go of, but haven't. Mm. And what really happened was it, it helped me release that I kind of identified that that fear and the fear I had was a fear of rejection and abandonment mm. because I was so scared that my mom was going to leave me, you know, or us, the family, you know, at a young age. So um, what he did was he helped me separate the entity and for me to say goodbye to it. Like, I don't need you anymore. So that's why I launched my podcast. Cause I'm mm. just like, I don't, I, I'm not scared of being rejected. I don't care about what people think about me because I got to do this for me, you know, it's part of my healing to put myself out there, you know, like mm. I, I, I might come across really confident uh, in a lot of aspects of my life and brave, mm -hmm. but internally I am actually so scared and nervous. It's, <laughs> it's weird. Like, I you know it's weird. And I always felt like there's uh, something holding me back. So mm. I was just like, you know, in terms of my success and my career, I need to kind of heal from this, you know? And then, yeah, I did that. And then I did some emotional coding as well, which is like clearing like the chakras, like, 
aligning the chakras in your body. What is um, this? Very it's... spiritual. Yeah, very spiritual. And then I also tried, um, yeah, I did tarot reading. I'm very oh into like tarot. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more, you know. All so, right. Nah. Nah. Yeah, yeah. It works for some people, but some people it doesn't. So um, I, yeah, I tried a lot of different things and just to kind of like, reprogram things and yeah i'm curious another thing i think that people need to feel curious and be curious mm-hmm. uh in terms of let's say doing things to help them feel better you know and that was what was 2024 for me just like to internally feel good about myself again you know and yeah. it's not about you know from the outside at first i think i recognize that everything that needs to be done was actually from the inside mm-hmm. so yeah i i felt great and i i think i don't know if i mentioned to you like i was just sitting there one day last year and then i felt this really weird strange feeling in my stomach you know it's a weird like feeling you know when you see someone that you really like and you get the butterflies in your mm-hmm. tummy but this was a lot better okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I when I recognized myself, I felt really content. I was like, mm. "Wow, like this is what inner peace and contentment feels like." It's awesome. And um, I know I never thought that I would ever feel that because I was just like I didn't think it was a thing. And um, it made me feel like, "Wow, I got myself to this stage of my life mm. by myself," you know. And there shouldn't be anything in life that should stress me out or I should be worried about anymore because at the end of the day, like I know how to find my inner peace now. I found mm. it. You kind of thing. So, Congratulations. Thank you so much. And it's been a journey and it's like healing and, uh, you know, I guess going through dealing with trauma, it will constantly be, a, you know, a constant journey. You know, you never stop, you know, personal growth. Mm-hmm. So for sure, for I'm sure. excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said earlier, or you said earlier too, that you can travel the globe. You can go to Mars. It, you're, gonna, you're not going to find inner peace there. No. It's going to no. be inside you. That little exactly. voice that says, hey, dude, what's up? That's that's the one that you need to talk to because that's the one that's going to show you. Yes, you it will bring you in the dungeon where the darkest of the darkest exists, mm-hmm. that, that beast in you. But you got to face that beast and say, hey, dude, yeah, I know you're here. But you know what? You don't scare me anymore. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because... Um, I just want to clear that, yeah, you're going to see that inner peace, you're going to achieve that, but it's not a constant uh, status. You will, no. every day, it's a, for the lack of a better word, it's a battle. Yeah. But with, like you, with your situation, you have found these, let's say, weapons mm. to use. Oh, when the beast is coming out, guess what, homie? I got knives, I'm going to kill you. And you're yeah. going back to the basement. <laughs> Like the thing is, like it's not as scary anymore. Like back then, if I felt it, you know, be like, oh no, like a negative mindset or frustration, it was very much like I'm gonna go for a long jog. I'm gonna go to Muay Thai. It's just more like I need to distract it, you know. Mm. But now I'm just like I recognize why I have these emotions or mm. you know these triggers now, and by being aware of it, um, yeah. it has really helped me kind of like embrace it in a way, mm. and you know just move on from it because I. I don't know, like, I've been reading a lot about self-development books and, you know, try to really strengthen my mindset and stuff. With, you know, and a, lo- a lot of the time, you know, your thoughts are, like, it's, are not your feelings, are not you, you know what I mean? It's just very, it's it's like your ego, you know, your ego, let's say fears, you know, is your ego, like your thoughts, you know, like, why am I scared, where am I scared of this? But then at the end of the day, it passes, everything passes, you know, mm. kind of thing. So 
yeah, like it's just sometimes I need to quiet myself in that voice in my head, like, you know, why do I care so much? And then day, like, I got to keep reminding myself, you're like, you only have one life, like, literally YOLO. Like, <laughs> if you want to keep dwelling on something for so long, like, you're not really doing, giving yourself any, bef- any benefits or, you know, any advantage because you're just limiting yourself, you know? Mm. So, um, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I got to keep telling myself, like, I, the thing is, like, I used to I let, like, put a lot of people's feelings before mine first because, okay. you know, I, I think, like, you know, what happened was uh, I got so hurt by the situation for my parents' divorce and whatnot. And, and for me, I felt like because of that, I didn't want to impose any sadness or burden people with my problems. So a lot of times I would really talk myself down just to make people feel like, you know, better than me or you know shine my light down but uh you know I, I kind of recognize that I need to start shining as a person you know mm. I've got all this I need to tell myself that I'm enough and I'm great and stuff mm. as well you know so by doing that it has really helped a lot in terms of um quite quieting like the inner critics about myself as well yeah yeah that's the hardest part telling that it voice is. like shut the fuck up dude yeah like get that fuck out of here <laughs> no one's looking here <laughs> That's hard, Sorry. man. And like I, like uh, like we've been talking about it is the best way to d- deal with it is really spending time with yourself, really. Mm, yeah. And recognizing those like, oh, I know what's happening. Mm. Before that happens, I'm going to take action instead of reacting. Yes. You know, like give it some time. Um, it's better to take a step back, you know, kind of thing than rather than just react straight away. Because, you know, a lot of times when you react, it's just more of a defense mm-hmm. rather than an actual response you know mm-hmm. so yeah that's what i've learned as well you know i've actually become a lot more calm now i recognize when things aren't you know worth it you know like it's not worth my energy not mm-hmm. worth my time um and that's it comes with like self-worth as well like you know a lot of last year was building on my self-worth again and you know mm-hmm. kind of recognizing what i need what i actually deserve as a person you know like good things and um before that i didn't think so you know i'd be like catering for other people's emotions first or you know and the thing is like the law of attraction right likes attracts likes whatever energy you put out you get that in return and Mm. i think because i didn't have that self-love and self you know um high self-esteem for myself i was getting like literally running in a hamster wheel of things that patterns so always the same you know what i mean Mm. so yeah and uh, yeah so like i said it's, it's just been like a good break in between mm. to be like, you know what, I'm done with all this. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So I want to yeah. ask you, how's our self-confidence and self-esteem? How is it? Oh, okay. Let's see. Uh, I'll give you a rating, right? I would say that it's like eight and a half right now or even close to nine. Like, I feel good in myself, you know. Um, Both? Yeah, self-esteem and self-confidence. Yes, yes, yes. Obviously, it's still a working in progress, mm. always. Um, certain areas I'm more confident in, certain areas I'm not. Um, if you told me to go and kick someone's ass, yes, I'm confident. <laughs> but if you told me to maybe stand up and have a speech in front of a huge uh, audience, uh, maybe it's still getting there, you know, still working on that. Um, mm. But, yes, definitely it has increased a lot. You know, like I said, I'm, I can really say that I'm happy with who I'm becoming and mm. who I am. And, yeah, I'm, I'm happy and excited, you know, that I've met so many people throughout this whole uh, 2020, even online, like yourself, who mm. I can really resonate with as well. And the thing is, it's surprising to me. I didn't think I was felt like a black sheep. I felt so alone for so long. But once you start being authentic 
to who you are and you know and yourself you start you make people feel comfortable to open up as well you know mm-hmm. and that's how you, we're talking about building community and you know, that's how you build community that's how you gain you know um i guess uh valuable or like you know quality people in your life you know but yeah. being you and i think that's the the lesson i've learned as well you know like why you gotta sh- sh- shy away from being who you really are when you mm. know people who really appreciate appreciate you for who you are will stay in your life you know longer than people who don't yeah yeah because it's comfortability you know yeah for sure mm. people are afraid of extending themselves you know like yeah. they've known these people like a friend from i don't know high school let's say and they've been friends forever but you have grown but this guy hasn't mm-hmm. right but you're afraid yeah. to you're since you're comfortable oh he's been my friend or she's been my friend since forever i don't want to cut her off or him off but really you need to cut that person off mm-hmm. because he's that person actually holding you back yeah you know? yeah and you just have Definitely. to let it go because sometimes that's one i find that people has problems being authentic with themselves is oh if i say that or act like that my friend will judge me exactly yeah yeah and that's the thing it comes with maturity as well like you know uh, when i did my backpacking and moved away um i really reflected on just like you know what like i spent so much time with my friends i love them all to bits you know they're all like family to me but there comes in a stage in your life when you're just like you accept it everybody has their own path and their own journey to go on and my journey might not coincide with like say some of my best friends anymore but that nothing has changed. You know, I can still call them up and we still can connect so deeply and talk. Um, but I'm just in a different stage or doing different things all the way across the world, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just allowing that growth to happen, I think, like, you know, um, and being okay with it. You know, I think sometimes like, if you want to grow, if you want to do things, you have to also get out of your comfort zone as mm. well, you know. So, yeah, totally get it, you know. And if you feel like something isn't... Um, worth your time or your energy sometimes it's best to also cut it off kind of thing yeah yeah exactly it's mm-hmm. hard but you gotta do what you gotta do you know to grow yeah exactly mm-hmm. and since we're i love this conversation but i want to ask something to you since yeah. you're from australia and now you move to canada is there any differences between the two cultures that you find odd or kind of off or whatever what have you um, yeah, well, this uh, when I first got here, like um, growing up in Australia, we we use the term we banter a lot and we shit talk a lot. So we give <laughs> each other shit, you know. Um, your your best friend is like the c word. I won't say online because yeah. you might get offended. Um, but in North America, you don't use the c word because it's very vulgar and very offensive. Mm. So that was a bit of a culture shock. I had to really tone it down in terms of how I communicate here because I don't want to start a fight. Um, but it's, ah, it's okay. You got Muay Thai. Kick their ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be all spiritual and stuff now, so I'm a very calm person. Um, but it's more like, yeah, the, the way you communicate You know, here, it's a lot more um, proper, I would say. Like back at home, I'll be a little bit more bogan or like more <laughs> open, you know, to a lot of my friends. And um, uh, obviously the weather here is different to Australia. In Australia, it's a lot warmer where mm. I'm from. Here it's cold. So the first year I came here, I was very, I wasn't acclimatized yet. So it's very cold during summer. Mm. Um, and you know what? Like everybody drives on the opposite side here from oh, where yeah. I'm from. So yeah, I have to like try and get used to that as well. Um, and so when you pay for things, you know, GST is already included 
in the prices in Australia, but mm. in Canada, you you have the price. Then when you go check out, the the tax gets included top. And for let's say restaurants in serve place to go to, there's also a tipping cost on top. So it's different in that sense. Yeah,、mm. I like what you said about the the tax that happened to me when I was new here. Yeah, I was like, what's going on? Yeah, <laughs> like I remember I went to Subway, the sandwich shop. Yeah, and I had like exactly amount of whatever's shown. I think it was like twelve dollars, let's say, right?、Mm. And I said, okay, I want that. And then I gave the twelve dollars, and the guy says, oh, it's fourteen. I'm like, what? Like it says twelve <laughs> or whatever it was, you know? It's like, no, 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 it, the tax is not included. I'm like, son of a bitch. And I didn't、oh, have、no. money. I had to run out, run outside, and、oh, get、no. money. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, it it tricks you all the time. Because when I first got here, like, I had to like buy things at the shops to kind of set myself up at home. And I was like, man, it's actually a lot more expensive than I expected. Um, but yeah, that was something that was weird for me. I'm just like, man, it's just so easy in Australia. You, whatever the price is, you you pay for that price, you know.、Mm. And then um. Yeah, I think when I first came here, my mate was just like to me, a Canadian friend. I was traveling. She's like, "Nyong, like when you go there, my advice is don't say, 'I need to go to the toilet or where's the toilet,' because people will instantly think that you're going to take a shit. <laughs> so they might even not tell you where the toilets are. And I'm just、mm. like, that's really strange because、uh, obviously in Australia, if you need to go, you gotta go. Like I'm gonna do a number two, so like you know, wait on me or something like that.、Mm-hmm. But then um. Yeah, I have to like kind of change the language. Be like, oh yeah, where's the restroom? Where's the washroom and stuff? You、mm-hmm. know, so that that was different in that sense for me.、Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's from the British, right? What Canadians, like you said, very proper, very、yeah. polite. You know, and the Australians, you know, they're from thieves and criminals. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like we we throw words around. Like we, your best friend. You can literally have a chat with your friend, and people will think that you're not friends because that's how how we roast each other, you know.、Mm-hmm. And it's fun. Like I don't know. Well, because I maybe I'm a、uh, you know borderline bu- bully or something like that. But like, it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, but、uh, no, like that's the thing I miss. You know, we can have fun banter back at home with our mates, and it's so funny. Um, but here, like you know, people are lovely. You know, it's a nice place.、Uh, Vancouver is amazing in terms of like the mountains.、Mm. You're thirty minutes drive from the mountains. Me and my housemates were just talking about that. We can just finish work, drive up there, do our snowboarding, and then yeah, go home. It's just beautiful, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's I love Canada. It's so gorgeous. It's beautiful here.、Yeah. But why did you choose BC? Because of friends?、Uh, because it's less cold compared to like the rest of Canada, and you know, I love. I want to be closer to Hawaii, so four hours away from Hawaii. Hello,、mm. <laughs> that's why I decided. Yeah. Okay, But,、um, that makes sense. I would love to visit Montreal. That's where you're at right now, right? Yeah,、no? come over whenever this craziness is done. Let yes, come over.、Sure. I'll drive you around, show you some beautiful French architecture. I mean, I love Montreal. That's beautiful. I hear it's a lovely city, you know, and、mm-hmm. I um I made some friends from there too. So oh yeah, one hundred percent will come visit、mm-hmm. when things are better. And poutine came from Montreal, like Quebec. So I'm like, I love poutine. Yeah. I don't like it. Put I don't like really. Poutine. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't. I like.、Uh, what do you call? What do you call it? Chips. You call it chips, right? The fries. Yeah, hot chips. Yeah. I don't like it being soggy. I hate it. Well, I think you need to get crispy chips then. <laughs> yeah, I want my crispy <laughs> chips, and then I'll. I'm a control freak, you know. Oh, radio!、Right, okay. A little、oh, bit, you know. Just for the moment, Aaron. Just enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I hate it. At that part, I need to control my sauce always. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's fine as well. You know, like maybe just like get it separate and then dip like, like dip the chips in the gravy or something like that. That's but, what yeah. I do. But yeah, nah, yeah. I don't I don't like I don't like it. I mean, my wife, they love it. I'm like, eh, dude, yeah, I don't nah. That's so cool. You guys have the same thing, right? Like Yeah, almost... well, in Australia we have like um fish uh chips and gravy you know but no we don't have the cheese curds but i think the cheese curds make it a lot more delicious that's why i'm addicted you know like i used to eat poutine every single week um mm. when i got here because i would be drunk all the time that was my drunken food you know um but obviously you know uh covid happened and i've been more better with my health and whatnot mm. stuff as well so yeah that's amazing that's amazing so, yeah yeah so i think we're getting there but I, I want to, I just have to say this because I like, yeah. I like what you said earlier about, I think it was your shrink or your psychologist that said it, that which a friend of mine told me too, that mm. what's important to you might not be important to others. Mm. And sometimes we are like, no, how, like you were like, how come my mom doesn't understand this? And of course she doesn't because that's not important to her. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, the thing is, like, I feel like things happen for a reason, you know, like, sometimes you meet people to kind of, or you get into situations to teach you things. Mm. And that was a moment where it changed my perspective on things. I became a lot more um, aware of, you know, of, let's say, being not only about myself, you know, because, mm. like, honestly, i got to think about, let's say, how is, how are others' feelings and stuff as well. So, like, it's so interesting. Like, so, you know, it has been a drastic growth um, journey for me, but I, even though it was kind of like, you know, emotionally draining or um, mentally draining, you know, I would not wish for anyone to ever go through anything like that. But it really has built me become a strong person, you know, mentally and emotionally now. So in a way, blessing to guys, I am happy with all the lessons I've learned, even though it was, you know, very sad moments and I, you know, didn't really wanted to go through it but i am where i'm at today because of those experiences and lessons yeah that's beautiful do you have any last remarks for the listeners um well i've just been talking so much I don't know. <laughs> um well i guess for all the listeners who are listening as well um who might be you know going through a difficult time um emotionally um or you know just mentally and stuff as well you know i know that Sometimes it can feel like you're very alone and, you know, you might not feel very connected or feel like people aren't, wouldn't accept for you for who you are. Um, it has been a journey for me and through my lesson and my um, healing, what I found is that there's always going to be help around, you know, you like reach out to someone that you think you can speak to, um, share your story, you know, like don't be afraid to shy yourself away from who you really are because at the end of the day, like who you really are is so important and so special you know you have a place in the world and you never know your story could really help inspire somebody to strengthen them up you know or shed some light to them so yeah my advice is just to be you that's it <laughs> <laughs> wise word from a wise woman again Nyung, oh, thank yeah. you for coming on the podcast i really do appreciate it this was really fun Oh, thank you so much, Erin. And thank you so much for um, giving me the experience to be on someone's show. Like I said, I've interviewed so many people so far, but um, it's been so nice to actually have someone interview me for once. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. Have a good evening. You too. Bye.
Again, Nyung, thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for listening. This is Erin Del Yosa for An Immigrant's Life. I'll see you guys later.